This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, welcome to this week's Barbie's Dream House edition of Off the Break Podcast. Starring Oppenheimer himself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the big weekend's falling upon us. Yeah, as we're recording today. <laughs> I did wear pink us. today. Yep. <laughs> Way to go. That's how excited and I am. And I named myself Ken thirty-seven yeah. years ago just for this occasion. <laughs> for I've this really time. been waiting for this one. He's just Ken. <laughs> I'm just Ken. <laughs> you guys are getting it now. You guys are getting into the spirit of Barbie finally. <laughs> I'm so proud of you both. <laughs> I am when it comes to just Ken over here. Oh God. <laughs> I am so ready for this to open and be a huge weekend and then to never talk about this again <laughs> until they make 18 sequels. Un- until I gush about how it might actually be good. Oh, no. Get ready for that after this weekend. <laughs> Are you going to do the Barbenheimer double feature? Of course he is. I mean, you no, have Not on the same day. You no. could do it. No. Kyle, you could do this. You I mean, have this. the time. I mean, I can, but I'm traveling to another town to see... Oppenheimer and IMAX, so we'll I don't want to travel, go be there for six hours for both movies, what? and then travel back. What? Why not? You're young. Just leave the poor guy alone. You have no children. <laughs> he's, this he's, is exactly the life carrying, you should be living. I know, but I also... this film-watching burden for both of he us. He is carrying the film-watching <laughs> burden for it us. It still will be over the weekend. I'll probably see both of these movies, so I'm not I'm not stressed about it. How many shitty movies has Kyle watched this year I, so I that we haven't had to? <laughs> <laughs> Moonfall. Yeah. <laughs> That wasn't this year. It, it was last year, but that yeah. proves the point it's anyway. Been a, it's been a long three weeks. I feel like <laughs> the last three weeks was a year. Oh. As as you could hear through that side, it was oh. a long three weeks. I know. I almost passed out. <laughs> my life flashed before my eyes. It just would have been tiring. Okay. It would have been another 30 minutes of there, just there. dead silence and occasional snoring. Had they right. not just waken we up. We both need well, a nap. We got through the the opening of Mission Impossible lower than most expectations. Yes. But that being said, it's already it's already past a hundred million dollars and it's in a it's, just it's in a still good place. Dis- it was still disappointing. And I think in our industry we are always subjecting ourselves to hope on the next film. It's like I hope this one's gonna be really good. I have so much enthusiasm for it and just so much. And then your expectation builds as you hear good things come out, you know, because you're just so eager. You're like, I just, I want this to be so good. I want people to go and be excited for it. And then it just disappoints you. And then you're like, there is no Tom Cruise halo effect. What is going on? And yeah, I mean, even the seasoned film buyer gets caught up in it occasionally. (laughs) Well, were you guys expecting it to gross over a hundred million? Because aside no. from you, you weren't expecting no, that. No, I. There was some talk. They said they thought ninety for the five day opening. Um, maybe it, even a hundred. But if you talked in January, it wouldn't be outside the realm of expectations right. to say seventy five to a hundred, and everybody's like, "Yep, yeah, yep, for the three day, no problem." I do you think Tom Cruise is going to do that? No, without without question, it's going to do 75. Right. 75 would be an insult sure. to <laughs> what sure. we think he's capable of doing. The last yeah. movie grossed 60 million. That was a few years back. So, yeah. yeah. And with reason the... to believe. So, I do think going into it, uh, I would say even a couple months ago, we had higher expectations. But then 
even up to about three weeks ago, I was talking with our circuits and there just wasn't, didn't seem to be the enthusiasm and there was not advanced ticket sales. And I was like, you know, I just have this feeling this isn't going to perform. And I tried backing off, you know, pulling screens, limiting prints, just being like, I just don't think this is going to be as big as it was. And unfortunately it wasn't, we did not need the extra extra screens that we were giving it. Did you start noticing this pattern around when the Barbenheimer craze started yeah. popping off? Yeah. Okay. I, so, I couldn't, I couldn't remember myself if that the, was like the, the three weeks. The bounce of this or... was partially, I felt like because of what Indiana Jones didn't do, like that kind there, of that, tempered expectations. Yes. Some. That tempered expectations for sure. Indiana Jones underperforming. Although, Come on. We all know that was going to be bad. So I don't know whose expectations are that we that was going to be good. One could hope. Yeah, I mean, there's, all, there's hang hope. On to hope. I mean, Kyle cries. Just, yeah. <laughs> this is pathetic hope. We can go back to when I, I first joined the podcast. We made you check off your AFI 100 list, and it was Star Wars A New Hope and Raiders of the Lost Ark were the only two you had on your list out of 100. <laughs> yep. Not anymore. Uh, pandemic think. memories. <laughs> So, so yeah, I think and right around that time, right around when there was the burbling of the Barbenheimer interest coming up, there also where my focus shifted was to Sound of Freedom. I was getting so many requests. There was just so much interest in it. We that that seemed to be what was carrying things and it really like took all of our attention away. And so I think between Sound of Freedom way overperforming for expectations for, you know, red state um, locations, conservative locations. I think that took the wind out of its sails. And then right when you were like trying to gain momentum to to it, when Tom Cruise should have been out really hitting the publicity rounds and really talking up his new action, you know, the Mm -hmm. action shots in it, the new stunts. Um, I think it got overshadowed by the the Barbenheimer chit chat, you know. Oh, certainly. I mean, we get a lot of buzz in our industry, but there's only so much wavelength people have for Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like it's you're either on the Sound of Freedom track where you're paying yep. attention to what that's doing as a as a consumer. Yeah. You're paying attention to what Barbie's doing. Or you're paying attention to what Oppenheimer's doing. Right. It's three very distinct audiences. And, just <laughs> and that's no 90% room. of the audiences. There's no room. Right. There's no wavelength for Tom Cruise after that. And poor, yeah, poor Mission Impossible is just like, we're here too. Yeah. Yeah. So so I do think there's a couple reasons, just looking back, why Mission Impossible underperformed. Number one was it was definitely like the social media, the enthusiasm, the chatter around it, the word of mouth just wasn't there because it was being overshadowed by these other films. I think, at least for our circuits, where Sound of Freedom way overperformed, it cannibalized the the Mission Impossible crowd. That Mission Impossible crowd is going to be an older demographic, and that that demographic was going to Sound of Freedom. They just it just was bad timing. Thinking seventy five percent of our locations that had these side by side, Sound of Freedom beat Mission Impossible heads yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Wow. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy how it just ate. Not on my bingo card. No, not on anybody's bingo card. Not on, not on. I don't feel as bad. Not on Angel Studios bingo card. Not on Jim Jim Caviezel's (laughs) bingo card. (laughs) Not on the Pope's bingo card was this. (laughs) This was nowhere in the realm of possibility. Well, let's get off our sound of freedom. We'll, We'll 
we'll get to that. So anyways, so those are the two things. And I would add, I'd pepper in a third reason. This may be kind of controversial, but Ooh. Tom Cruise is an old man. And I don't know. 62. He, I, he's a mutant of an old man. He's younger than he's, Sean Connery was in The Last Fox. Crusade. And he moves a lot better than Sean yeah, Connery he, ever Sean did. Sean Connery wasn't trying to jump motorcycles out of planes or whatever he's yeah, doing yes now. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. No, but he it, was, it, was, it was on like one of those sound stages that had a treadmill on it. <laughs> he yelled at everyone to make sure that he looked good. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> he's a mutant of a man. And older men can't, you know. I have no clue what that's like for the most part. They're not mutants themselves. And younger men are like, oh, that's weird. You're old. So I just don't know who could relate to this character anymore. And at a certain point, you just get too old for a lot of ladies. And so I just worry that he just doesn't have the appeal he used to. And I say that knowing that Top Gun just came out. I know that. literally your... I, it's not even contra- controversial. This is your worst take ever, Cody. No, it's not my worst I, take. I care for you as a human, but this is the worst take. I just don't think people care to see old men in stunts anymore. I mean, we have seen the pattern with The Flash and Indiana Jones that we're just... There's a younger generation that is just so far removed from the era of those old movie stars that even seeing their triumphant returns to an old... And the franchise or character isn't enough to sway them. I don't know if Mission Impossible is exactly in that conversation, though. Yeah. I think it yeah. is. Yeah, and here comes Jason Statham two weeks from now fighting a shark off at Tom Cruise's age, and it's going to kill. He's not 60. He's what? He's got to be in his 40s? No. 50s? 50s, probably. He's easily 55. Okay, well, he was he's like 30 when he popped off in the 90s. Yeah, he right? wasn't. Yeah. He was bald before he became famous. <laughs> I'm just saying. He was just I, lucky that he pulled it off, and we all he, approved. He's probably getting a little, <laughs> lawn, was it the same lawn in the tooth? Who, lawn? Statham? Yeah. No, he looks no. the same as he did in the 90s. He's 55 years old. Hardly a wrinkle on that man. <sighs> he was born when Kennedy was president, Cody. Like, he's not, <laughs> there's nothing young about Jason Statham. Just, he hasn't had a hairline since the 90s. I don't have high expectations maybe, maybe for the just, Meg. Maybe so. just... I know that there's a lot of enthusiasm in this corner for that movie, but I Cody, don't know. It's have... going to open to 40 or $50 million. It's going to be... 20 the... I think there's some <laughs> it's movies be that the you biggest just movie don't vibe with. <laughs> it's okay. The last one opened to 47 out of nowhere. I might just not be articulating it correctly, but I do... He's old f- and he's gross, and we don't like gross old men. <laughs> I just have a fear that they're just not able to the audiences aren't able to relate or to like really glom on to these guys anymore but they could relate to a fighter pilot (laughs) i don't think it was him who can do everything right i do think that there was a little bit more to that story there was there was an emotional dynamic there was young guys that were very easy to look at you think top gun had a better story yeah I don't know. They're Let's different see. movies. How are you supposed to? Yeah. It's like neither of them had a story. Queen. Just saying, there was a there was like an emotional. Both dynamic. movies are literally about friendship. That's as yeah. far as you can take it. F is for friends who do stuff yeah. together. <laughs> fight planes or fight crime. Just saying, there was there was there were other like eye candies on the table in Top Gun for the ladies. There's not, I don't think there's that in Mission Impossible. 
let's hear. There's what a Kyle, lot. There's a lot of hot people. Let's in hear Mission what Impossible, Kyle has to say. So I'm okay. not sure about Kyle, that. Kyle, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Well, I loved it. The movie rules. <laughs> With a Z, R U L Z. Yeah, it rules. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just appreciate that. Uh, there's just such care towards a movie in terms of making you appreciate all of the action, all the choreography, um, a movie that may not be relatable, but at least it feels earnest in wanting its characters to have authentic connections and relationships. And it continues to do that. I think it really just started with the fourth movie and continued all the way up and it just continues to be done really well. Um, the pacing is really good for a very long mission impossible movie relies a lot on its stunts, but it's worth it to help, uh, carry this the story carry the adventure the mystery of like who the bad guy is all the way through and it does you can tell that it's part one of part two like it stretches the story out so much it's kind of kind of similar to what i said about fast x it's just so much stretching out of the story that it could be kind of frustrating but while i was more frustrated about that was fast x i did not mind it at all with mission impossible because it's the better movie obviously so, um, yeah, I, and I really, I got to see it in IMAX and it looks great on IMAX. The sound was incredible. And again, it, it just was nice seeing just such care being treated into having like authentic stunts and not being so reliant on other means such as technology or CGI to, uh, do all the heavy lifting. Like it's the human element. And I think that's kind of the great thing about this franchise anyway and why people are drawn to it is because that it's just so apparent that there's just a realness to it even if the stakes or the villains just feel a little outlandish at times yeah no it, where does this stack up in the series i mean it, one one was the you know a big not a, a star turn isn't the right word but it was a big bump like to the cachet of tom cruise yeah it was Number a different one, angle for him Two, two through five were fine. Two through three. Yeah. Two through four, I would two say. Two through four fine. Five was a big step forward. Yeah. Six was Macquarie's when he comes in yeah, at Six five. was the best in the series so far. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but then seven now. Now we're on seven. We could do this with Fast and Furious. We could say one is the best, yeah. the other ones all suck, except for, <laughs> except for two Fast because they, they're in Miami. They weirdly, <laughs> they weirdly both started in 99. They've lasted for... 20 years they've gone in directions that we never anticipated with both of these franchises but one stayed true to the original the other one went to outer space <laughs> <laughs> basically in a Honda Accord or whatever it was what wild arcs ever seen uh play out here but yeah obviously i would highly recommend mission impossible but i totally understand that barbie and oppenheimer are just gonna be swallowing swallowing things up at least for this next weekend but yeah. Maybe it'll smooth out by the third weekend and we'll see it having well, yeah. the legs to keep going. After Barbie and Oppenheimer, all we really have is the Meg, which I don't know if that would hurt it as much. Maybe. They're both action-y, both play to males. Yeah. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so that's not going to hurt it at all. No, that's for the uh, uh-huh. kids and families. The only way that'll hurt it is in smaller complexes where you have to You're gonna be off make by options. Then. Yeah. yeah. Although I, changes. I do I, wonder about how Ninja Turtles will perform 
in the family markets just because I wonder if Barbie will become a family movie, even though it's no. rated PG-13. Are you kidding? I'm not going to take my boys to Barbie. They'll well, be so bored. Well, sure. They probably wouldn't care, but I'm but like families with daughters I think, probably yeah, will. There's the, the other half of the... What? <laughs> I don't know what that half exists. Yeah. Like, I can't speak anyway, for that half. The... I have, the general... have boys and we're going to Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> that's totally, f- that's great. <laughs> I'm very excited for Good. it. Good. We I couldn't, think I'm more excited we couldn't than tell. they are. We couldn't tell. <laughs> Actually, I think it's Probably. more for me. Well, this, since the original, this looks like the most passable of the series. Like yes. The, when they put Megan Fox in. <laughs> Where they didn't know what they were doing. It's like, that. Michael Bay's going to do it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Why are you trying to do too much? Just Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Teenagers, do that. Yeah. Then they're teenagers. Stick with it. It's fine. I like pizza. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what else do we have to discuss today? Well, we mentioned this movie earlier, Sound of Freedom. And I'm sure for you, film buyers, you've been hearing a lot about movie theaters dealing with uh, audiences and moviegoers that either love it or hate it or they're mad at it or they super love it there's a lot of loving it a lot of weirdos coming out for it i'm just gonna put that out there these are people that do not go to movies they are not avid moviegoers they're not regular moviegoers this might be the only movie they see this year and i do think that after the pandemic and having not been in the habit of going to movies they don't know how to act in a movie theater and that's just causing a lot of issues yeah uh, we noticed this first with a variety article saying that amc has been getting a lot of complaints and a lot of videos being tossed around on social media saying that amc is trying to get audiences to walk out on sound of freedom or not even see it at all there's videos of them showing that they're the only ones in the theater but that can mean anything it could be right before a screen before people actually come in or it could yeah. be right after the screen when everyone leaves uh also videos saying that ac units don't work and they're purposely doing that or they have complaints about the seats not being comfortable or outdated and this and that and it i i think it just on that side it really comes down to what you were saying these are moviegoers that haven't gone to a movie theater in quite some time and they're learning about some of the realities to where even a chain like amc can't quite make the necessary measures yet to be right. able to fix up everything. I am 100% on the side of the people <laughs> that are upset with AMC. I mean, I love it. We work I, every yeah. day with theaters that are not AMC. AMC is the worst. They are. I think <laughs> there is plenty of evidence in these blogs that AMC is purposefully doing this. Ooh. I think Whoa. Adam, I think Adam, Aaron, Do deep inside his heart knows what he's, what his plan is what his sinister <laughs> plan is for this. I'm not going to spell it out for you here, but read between the lines that <laughs> they don't want lines at their theaters. They want them to be empty. They want no one to come. They don't want to make any business. They just want to continue to funnel money from China into the United States, and that's what they want to do. And makes sense. that's all I have to say. Thank sense. God you were brave enough to say I it. Feel, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I feel just really bad for the little towns that are not AMCs that have legitimate Nancy's. issues like i don't know they don't have keys or they didn't get content in time and they had to reschedule shows because they are out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and it is really hard to get content sometimes on time when we're just trying to add these films last minute and we're working with a small distributor that 
doesn't do this regularly. Yeah, so. they're trying to learn the no, their methods last, so themselves. So the conspiracy-minded social film. media backlash against those things, that has been challenging to work through. Mm-hmm. Their last much. film opened at like 1,200 locations. Yeah. <laughs> and did not have to issue like holdover keys. Yeah, or <laughs> all new content to fix. <laughs> yeah, no. To fix this anything. Was, it, was, it was a uh, moderate release. A moderate is a very kind word. Yeah. This is ultra super mega release we haven't seen this kind of um i was thinking excitement's not the right word I but was this kind the, of the growth and the anticipation and the growth week after week not since um greatest showman i i finally nailed down a film that i feel like grew and that that one grew the third second and third weeks were way higher than the first week on that film yeah true I yeah i feel like it was that kind of word yeah of mouth but growth. that's kind of one of the that's the last ones and that was a, a Fox title, so yeah. I'd say even smaller. It's like something like a Blair Witch, like that grew. Like it's not even in our realm right. of thinking. It's outside of it was thirty-five millimeters, something you and I don't consider when we look at this. It could be, yeah. Trying to look at something that opened and became something. Something bigger you than had to go see. It became a cultural event. It is very much a cultural event, and it is really helping the little guys. So I don't. I'm not negative on the movie at all. I think it's a powerful story. I think people are really moved when they see it. And it's gotten great reviews yeah. as like cinema. Like, right. It's a no, well it's, done film. It's as very movie well done. Itself. It's yeah. not something cheap that, you know, you're having to go out and see. This is, a, it's a treat to its quality to see that. Um, it's just, it just is attracting a segment of a crowd that is conspiracy minded that um, is not afraid to, throw back at you on social media if n- everything doesn't go 100% correct and that, yeah. and that is hard mm-hmm. um, or if you haven't if if you have a lineup you weren't anticipating it and you haven't got the film in in time even though it's on your thing so the theaters just have to do so much more outreach and communication on it but I think it's worth it it's very much worth it but that being said we live in a capitalist society and we have a product that people are willing to buy and see and Yep. get excited and there's some know. neat things with it like you can really do there's a lot of pay it forward so there's a lot of community outreach a lot of buyouts which are happening um so that you can give out free tickets but churches businesses businesses especially social groups yep. there it's it's become a you know a part of the zeitgeist like we'll look back on this 10 years from now and go remember that that was crazy it was mm. crazy <laughs> but we there don't we don't have that many of those post pandemic i mean other no. than the only other thing i thought of that kind of got us like this like uh got our attention this much was when we saw pre-sales of spider-man like oh, december yeah. it was like december <laughs> That's 2nd, right. that and was we're like, like oh my gosh we we're should. gonna make like, some money we stopped everybody got off their phones in the office and like are you guys seeing this like, is <laughs> yeah. everybody talking about this this morning this is crazy we're all getting the same phone calls right but this is yeah and that's that's exactly what it is yeah, we're yeah. all getting the same phone calls yeah it's so you know it's it's a it's a good problem to have it is. It's just... It's Unless just you're a, Adam Aaron, yeah. who's doing this on purpose. Right. But that makes sense. He has the China ties, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little theaters in rural Wyoming and Idaho that don't have the China ties that are just just trying to scrape by. <laughs> no. <laughs> just really want to play They're the film run nice by for honest, hardworking Americans, yeah. funded by Americans. Farmers come in, take their hard-earned money, put it down on the counter this to might, buy a movie ticket. This might be the this might be the first movie people have seen since the pan before the pandemic. In some for, cases, for a lot of people. Oh sure. Yeah. This fine. This shocked. is the thing that finally got them back. I wonder when we will stop saying that though. I wonder when that will be like. 
I th- it, I think that that this just... one's a niche demographic compared to. No, I'm, I'm just curious, like what the what the next movie is. We have because <laughs> there's so many like it, it, the movies are so much more targeted than they used to be. They're so much more diverse that there's like they don't feel the same. Like from week to week, the movies don't feel the same. Okay, like this is so much different than Barbie is than Oppenheimer is. Sure, and then I'm like trying to think of what's the strangest movie we have out this week, which or this year, which is bottoms which is the lgbt fight club movie yeah and i'm like maybe that'll be the movie that somebody's <laughs> like this brought out a whole new audience that hasn't been back to theater since the pandemic i mean <laughs> and then I'm yeah be, who knows i just wonder when we're gonna stop saying that what <laughs> since the pandemic time. yeah since the pandemic when, we, when that goes I, away i think we were all collectively traumatized it was such a defining the, part of our lives yeah. yeah it'll never be a time it, like kind of like 9-11 like, there'll never be a time where we're not post 9-11 or the world before, like it was the world before the pandemic and the world after, especially for our industry, most of all, because yeah. there wasn't a lot of places outside of maybe some restaurants and stuff that completely shut down a whole in- type I, of industry. I know. When we flew for spring break and we were flying back from Mexico mm-hmm. and they're like, you don't have to take your shoes off. I took them off. Look that guy right in the face. I go, never forget. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> But it was weird. We we're like, "Are you sure?" Are no, you sure? I was. I was sunburned and carrying a rifle over my shoulder. It was. I had firecrackers in my other hand. Good God! It was Mexico. And a bottle of tequila. It was Mexico, in his back baby. Pocket. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I you enjoyed. So, I felt so glad when we got back into Texas and they made us go through security again. They're like, "Please do this again." <laughs> I can redo the security just to double check. They were doing nothing down there. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, just get out. The body scan machine was just a a piece of plywood with a head cut out, and it was yeah. a guy, you know, riding a donkey with a tequila in his hands. <laughs> Take your picture. Yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> well, come back, come back soon. Yeah. Uh, do we have any more thoughts about Sound of Freedom? Oh. Um, I don't know if you guys wanted to mention this at all or know about this at all but uh at least on social media i've been seeing people think that the pay it forward thing that angel studios is doing with this movie is a scam of some kind i, I think people are just in disbelief that this movie is grossing so much that they're like there has to be a ponzi scheme or something behind this i had, <laughs> I, I had a client that had 500 dollars worth of pay it forward tickets in their desk drawer because there was so many people coming in they they couldn't keep track of all the pay it forwards right and they so now they're having to like raffle off these pay it forward tickets or randomly give them out on social media and you mm-hmm. can't give them out fast enough because you can't overdo people it are trying to give out yeah. more well that and you can't overdo the amount of seats you have so if you know you're you're mm-hmm. only going to screen, you know, 60 seats in this auditorium for the showtime. You can't give out 100 pay-it-forward tickets and expect everybody to show up. So you have to really, like, divvy them out. It's become a whole operational yeah. hustle, to be honest. No, it's... It's, it's really awesome. Seems like it, yeah. Community-wise. Like I said, good problem to have. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things, like, this movie is going to be on screen for weeks and weeks and weeks. So... Be, be, be prepared. If you have if you have a complex with ten or more screens, you're gonna be you might see this until Halloween. You're not gonna see it till then. You might see it till Halloween. <laughs> you're putting it here now. Same Tom same Tom Cruise is no good anymore. He's old and ugly. I'll take I'll take it till <laughs> I Halloween. Didn't say this is not what I said. It's August in the week. <laughs> I just I didn't say he was old and ugly, and I didn't talk about his turkey gullet at all. Okay, so. 
I just said he was a little Tom? bit mutant, <laughs> and he's a little bit my dad's age, and it's just odd. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Are you doing okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of moving on, the actors have now moved on to the picket line. I think they along moved with on the to writers their, to their new careers. <laughs> yeah. Of something else. <laughs> um. But yeah, the actors have decided to go on strike along with the writers. So. They're on the picket lines throughout Hollywood. Uh, they're asking for better residuals, better pay, similar to the re- or not similar to what the writers are asking for, probably. But they're both in agreement that, especially when it comes to streaming, residuals have not been enough right. for them to earn decent yeah. livings. They're, and these are like the working class actors, not like top build actors. Right. I doubt they're on picket lines, but they some of them are probably supporting yep. it. Well, they're getting photographed down there at least. <laughs> I was there. I was supporting you. One or two of you. Purposefully, yeah, these... sprinkled in. These uh, agreements run out at very similar times so that they have additional leverage when it comes to negotiating with the studios. And it's just, this is going to happen moving forward every, whatever, six, seven years. Yeah. And it's going to be a pain. And we're going to have a little blip in, you know, limited content somewhere down the road. It'll if be in it like lasts. a year or two from if now. It, if it lasts. Yeah. But for the most part, this is this is just going to happen. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the writers and actors because it's fun. I am scared shitless about the UPS strike upcoming. Yeah. <laughs> that is getting closer. We all got birthdays and Christmas and we have I gifts give, for. I don't give two craps about character actors and people that write for sitcoms. <laughs> I, I need that guy in the brown shorts walking up to my door. Yeah. Bringing that stuff, and if you still receive DCP hard drives, you know exactly what I'm talking oh about. My, my job is going to be impossible if UPS goes away. Yeah. For a, for an hour, if they go away, I'm not going to be a happy camper. Honestly, yeah, this is what we should be talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> Slam my notes down. Well, I go just, on about this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you... I mean, yes, they're, they're... I mean, there's FedEx, and there's still the Postal Service, so it's not like all three of them are... No mail is going to happen at all. But UPS does take a significant amount. You will notice it. And mm. in some ta- some towns... You know, the UPS does bring your hard drives, and that could in, cause... In most towns, Well, but do. it's UPS or FedEx. Correct, but UPS does 90% of the shipments. Right. And because... I did not know that. So it's it's going to become this issue, and yeah, it's something that we're hoping to avoid on our end, because it's already <laughs> it already takes up enough time of my week. I, I just think... <laughs> If you're listening to this and you don't have eCinema, really be hounding and calling them for that eCinema setup right now because, man, not getting a hard drive really sucks. But if you had eCinema, it's just a download. It's not that big a deal. Oh, it's a service that downloads. Well, so so Deluxe offers what they call eCinema. Enlighten me. <laughs> and it's a server that they install. It's essentially like two massive hard drives put together. It's okay. a server. And it's over broadband internet. So you need high-speed broadband internet. Um, to be able to download it, but then you download it, and you don't get As hard drives. As opposed to gotcha. shipping hard drives, it's just a closed loop system. Yep. Okay. Um, then there's the satellite system, DCDC. That is a satellite receiver. That's a closed network. It's been around for a while, and they're used mainly for multiplex or yeah. very off the grid locations. Um, yeah, they're starting to expand into smaller locations. For a for a long time, you had to have over like four or five screens for them to even consider you. But now they are starting to look at threes and twins and stuff. So so it is a viable option. DCDC is great because if you sign up 
they do have some live show network stuff. So they do offer a little bit more content ability to have live streams of content, which is nice. So, um, yeah, more and more locations are trying to get digital downloads. That seems to be where things are going because deluxe and the studios don't want to send out hard drives anymore or for new films, I should say Mm, for off the break stuff. That's really old or repertory or anything like that you'll still get a hard drive for, for the that. time being yeah yeah gotcha until they they really figure this out yeah because they can't put all those films on their servers so they just keep on their servers the newest films and then that's what you download and okay. trailers you would download your trailer packs and stuff i, d- I did have one theater today that received their uh download of uh <laughs> excuse me the download of of barbie but normally you receive one piece of content and then the keys unlock special features on the films. Mm-hmm. So they unlock the captions. They unlock the Spanish dubbed version, the Spanish subtitled yeah. version. Well, apparently the eCinema had only sent the uh, open caption version. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it was Barbie with <laughs> captions. So it's even more like in your face than it normally <laughs> would be. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Because yeah, it does take a, a while sometimes to download especially if you're in the yeah. day, mm-hmm. wow. it can yeah. slow down. So um, usually you download overnight, but yeah, that, that sucks. Did they have to download a new closed caption version? They had to overnight a drive because they, <laughs> because apparently they can only send it once or something. There was, oh, a, no. there was a concern. So now we're counting on an overnight UPS drive. So back to UPS. Yes. It all comes back to UPS. So we're going to support UPS on the picket lines yes. then. <laughs> we'll That's be right. With the them. writers, the writers and actors should be looking at UPS and going, "What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> How can we help here?" Yeah. <laughs> you are the ones that make this industry work. <laughs> yeah. Or they should all just get jobs at UPS and help us out here. As far as the actors and writers, I do think that this is in the short term is only going to affect publicity and promotion of films because now the actors aren't going to be out there on the TV circuits or at comic cons promoting the work. Yeah. They can't do any promotions. So they can't do that. So you'll see a little bit of that as far as long term, if anything, you might see um, a congestion of product in a year or two when production comes back for full force, kind of like what we saw with the pandemic. It, really slowed it down, trickled, and then it like log jammed it, sped it up. Mm. Um, so you'll see stuff like that. But also where I think you're going to see is budgets. So I think that's part of the narrative that's happened this last year and why we keep talking this post-pandemic time because Mission and Indiana, they were they were filmed during the pandemic. Right. But they had pandemic protocols, which made filming extremely expensive. Yeah. And so they had these inflated budgets and past to 150 million right. practically. So, so when they underperform or perform kind of where like they sh- probably mm. should be at there, it's disappointing on another level. And that gets this perceptive narrative that it's somehow like bad because they didn't make their budget. Well, their budget was like way inflated for what that movie should have cost anyways. Yeah, for sure. And so I could see where, in a year or two now, we might be having a very similar kind of negative narrative unless the film makes a billion dollars, which is rare and rarer these days. They might have also learned the wrong lessons from, you know, 2018, 2019, where there were these massive budgets that were going to like the Lion King remakes and Avengers movies where, you know, they were able to have 
these big openings and then they were able to make a billion dollars and yeah. of course every studio would like to have that but that was just a blip in a moment like I, it's it's right. not feasible especially post-pandemic we're seeing that it's not going to be feasible so on top of what you were yeah. suggesting they probably will have to scale I mean, back budgets i mean you still get a you can still have a billion dollar film like what we saw with mario yeah it can happen it can happen it's just you're not going to get the money from china anymore because they seem to be over american um films and you're just not going to get the foot traffic in america like you were before mm-hmm. you know before because of the acceleration of streaming has mm-hmm. kind of killed the behavior so it I think it is what it is. So I do think that there's, you know, this perception that these films are failing because they don't make their budgets. But that's just such an industry, like, weird thing. Yeah. Well, it was like 10 straight years of having a $100 million movie every month. Yeah, like, that's true. Was, and this movie is bigger than this one. And this one's even bigger than this one. And mm-hmm. this one's the biggest. And oh, the, you think that was this big? Is the budget, <laughs> the yeah. scale of the threat. This is 15 films to cultivate yeah. this yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then you you love that franchise from 30 years ago? We're bringing it back. But there were multiple, I mean, yeah. It was, there there were successful franchises, but it was just this ultimate amalgamation of these franchises that existed, whether it was Harry Potter and Star Wars and Twilight and then into the Disney stuff. Oh, yeah. You're not even including Disney in this. No. It became like this, it was an insurmountable amount of money was coming into the industry and we we knew it was going to slow down we did not know it was going to stop and then have to restart <laughs> itself <laughs> yeah but i i confident with the amount of films and the fun surprises we've had already this year yeah in what is a normal film release year right i feel <laughs> it's like felt it's, normal yeah it, where I feel this year is so much better than the last couple of years is the last couple of years were like really high peaks and low valleys. Like mm-hmm. you just, you did really good and then it was like way nothing yeah. weekend. And then don't then look at October's release calendar. <laughs> yeah. And I think we'll still have the low, low valleys in the, in the off seasons. Like we do used to, I think there are going to be even harder to overcome and that might be a lasting effect. But when we do have it good, we have it more stable. Like they're just, better product it's a little bit more stable um and and just more people are coming so that's all good yeah i agree i do feel bad that the the strike is sort of happening and it's you know at a time where all these studios pushed to streaming and there's just not as much money in streaming so the pie they they've put all their chips in this smaller pie and and now you've got this whole industry based off this larger pie of TV and film mm-hmm. and that's all now gone away for streaming and there's just not as much money being made. And so it really is divvying up a smaller pie. And I just think you the know, consequences have come. Yeah. That's basically that's all there is to be it. Seeing. Yep. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate that the writers and actors have very creative signs that they have. They're always posting yeah. with their signs. They're always very creative. Yeah. Very smart. Very cute. And I always love giving Universal a hard time if I have a choice in the matter. (laughs) But I did see that the other day before a record high heat day near the picket line, Universal hired a tree trimming crew to work overnight to trim all of the trees. Just massacre the trees next to the picket line that covered it in shade. It looks like if you shaved a poodle. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So it's just... 
completely removed all the shade from so the picket diabolical. line. It was just yep. the ultimate, like, watch what I can do. <laughs> you know, everyone, I used to... By the way, we used your wages to pay for yeah. this. Yeah. I used oh, to always think it's Dis- ugly out there. Disney had an ugly side. I mean, they're a huge corporation, and they're... And, the, and it's just... You don't know where all those cor- Moana dolls are yeah. made. Yeah, just corporate profit. There's God. always going to be an ugly side, but... Man, Universal is right up there. <laughs> Getting right up there with them. Well, we were saying for months now they're becoming Disney. They they're like to think to, they're Disney. So. And yeah. And they sure, I don't know, when you hit that level, you sure act like it. One, one day it's animated remakes. The next day, chopping down it's trees. Only, it's, yeah. it's only business. Oh it's only business. <laughs> Nothing personal, only business. Couple, couple he, of he's faint on the sidewalk. Couple of heat stroke victims. <laughs> no big deal. Might, might come back to the negotiating table a little light more lightheaded, a little bit more focused. You know who doesn't get lightheaded? AI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at our ne- negotiating table with iced cold water. <laughs> uh, I really hope this gets done quickly, though. I hope. It's just another. It's it's another wrinkle. It's another wrinkle. It's another thing that you don't have time for as a right. as a theater owner, an operator, a film buyer. Like just I don't need this. It, it's one of the few industries that has um, guilds and unions in Full a non-essential yeah. role components. Like yeah. writer, writers and actors aren't like essential. But the world to doesn't stop moving. And, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not the electricians union, it's right? Not, That's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not teachers. It's not police officers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not UPS drivers. Oh no, John Ham's gonna have to go get a real job. <laughs> He's just gonna be the most handsome person it's, at Target. So it's such, and I and I want them. They to, sold out of everything in a yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. I, I want them to make a good living. I want people, of course, with, yeah, that are creative and artistic to have the ability to make a living, but. It, we get so like wrapped up in this and especially like LA and our studios and our industry that it just becomes like this huge thing it, and it's not affecting it's not affecting anybody else really no until there's really bad movies coming out that's why we're talking about UPS yeah. <laughs> the real wrinkle the real one <laughs> that's true that's the real danger that's right. coming the first time Cody's Amazon moves from three days to three weeks she is gonna lose it <laughs> Yeah, I will drive around. We are town. getting these negotiations done today. I already <laughs> missed two day shipping from Amazon, so I already buy less things now on it. I buy less now. I I will make the attempt to see if it's in town. Amazon doesn't want to hear that. Well, they should bring back two day shipping, and then they won't have a problem. <laughs> well, I think that's gonna wrap up today's episode. Then, no two day shipping. No Cody. Nope. <laughs> time for this that's the problem so boycott this show <laughs> all right we'll see some big barbenheimer grosses this weekend <sighs> and see you, you all next, next week, week yeah it. it's gonna be awesome all right. i'm really looking forward to this one yep. bye everybody bye, bye everyone thank you for listening to off the break podcast find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co and be sure to like and follow our facebook and instagram pages at off the break podcast